So this morning, uh, I would just appreciate if you could give a really warm and joyous welcome to Pastor Rebecca as she comes to bring the word. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to see all of you today. Merry Christmas. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Our city kids are downstairs having fun. We've got crafts and things for the kids up here. It's just so good to spend this time with you. Um, let's see. You want me to go back to that? <laughs> All right. Happy birthday to Tamara. Today is her birthday. Yeah. And now it's happy birthday to Holly. Christmas Eve, baby. <laughs> and Ben Waybright, our after Christmas baby. Happy birthday to all of you. <laughs> all right. Today I want to uh, talk about God with us. And we get this, uh, <clears throat> this idea from Isaiah 7.14 where Isaiah is prophesying the coming of the Messiah. And he says, look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, or more precise and possibly more Yoda-like, it's with us is God. <laughs> so, this scripture is referring to God with us, meaning God comes down to earth and and gets a human body and gets to experience life as a human being and what that means and all its messiness and its joy and all the different things we experience. But today I want to talk to us about how God is always with us. And what does that mean to us on a personal level and a day-to-day -day thing? What does it mean that God is with us? So we're going to start by running through some scriptures that just state that God is with us. Right? Because I think that the word of God is a good place to start. <laughs> so Deuteronomy 31, 431 says, For the Lord your God, he will not abandon you. Deuteronomy 31, 8, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Psalms 46, 7, the Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. And that among us means he's with us. He's by us. He is right beside us. Psalms 94, 14, the Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his special possession. And this possession is actually an idea of an inheritance. God views you as his inheritance. Psalms 145:18, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. And this one is extra beautiful to me because that close word means near in place and in time with personal relationship. God is near to us in place and time with a personal relationship. 
Psalms 139, this whole thing is all about God, right? And how he loves us and how he thinks about us and how he crafted us. It's a beautiful chapter. If you're not familiar with it, I would encourage you to read this. And this whole part of the passage talks about no matter where we go, we can't escape the love of God. Psalm 35, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And this close means that God is near. He is your ally. He is next to you. He is part of your family. And he is ready to do something. God is close to the brokenhearted. Hebrews 13, 5, which is referencing the uh, scripture in Deuteronomy that we read earlier, says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Well, I'm going to give you, going back into the original language, kind of my version of what this verse would look like. (laughs) I will never send you back, relax, or loosen my hold on you, give up on you, leave you, sorry, or let you sink. Nor will I abandon you, leave you helpless, forsake you, or leave you behind. That is what God is saying to us this morning. And then we see in the words of Jesus, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you even to the end of the age. So what are some of the things, just plain, simple truths that we can learn from these verses? God Almighty is in control. Second Chronicles 13, 12 says, Now look, God himself is with us. And this is referring to God as being the captain, the chief, the one who's in control. We learn that God cares about the tough things that we are going through that God is always near us, that he will never leave us, and that we have immediate access to him. But still, right, what does this mean, God with us? Well, let me tell you a story, (laughs) personal story. When I was little, I had an imaginary friend whose name was Mousy. Yes, he was a mouse, and yes, he wore clothes. And Mousy was with me everywhere I went. When I played outside, Mousy played with me. When I read books, Mousy read the book with me. When I fell asleep at night, Mousy was there with me. Mousy did everything with me. And sometimes he got blamed for some of the things that I did. <laughs> I got in trouble one day for blaming something on Mousy and, yeah, not taking credit for it. So, um, but one day, my mom realized that I hadn't talked about Mousy for a while. And so we were in the car driving, and she said, Rebecca, I haven't heard you mention Mousy in a while. Why is that? And I said, well, he actually moved into a big, clear bubble house with his grandmother, and so he's not around anymore. <laughs> we were actually driving by somewhere and on the, in a lot. Someone was selling a big acrylic bubble and in that moment, I made up this story of where Mousy went. 
And now you can buy one infl- an inflatable version of this and put it in your backyard. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> so in the way that Mousy was always with me, God is always with us, but in so much bigger way, a way that really matters, a way that's very personal. And God will never move into an acrylic bubble with his grandmother, right? Because the Bible says that God will never leave us and forsake us. So let's make this idea of God with us very personal. So far, we've kind of talked about this in a big idea that's kind of almost a Sunday school answer, right? That God is with us, that he never leaves us, that he's always there. But let's bring it down a little closer into personal. How does this matter to us? Why does this matter? We see in John 4, 10, Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And he says, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. So in this scenario, Jesus is talking about himself. Right? He's talking about to this woman who is in sin, who needs grace, who needs love, who needs friendship. And she has no clue at this point who she's talking to, that she's talking to God in the flesh. And he's saying, if you, if you understood who you were talking to, what I'm capable of, who I am, my heart for you, then this could be a different conversation. So what we know about someone determines what we ask of them, right? So as cute as baby Ezra is and as much joy as he brings to everybody, I'm not going to ask him to change the brakes on my car. He can't do it, right? And I don't think that any of you are going to ask our dog Turtle to help you make financial investments because she doesn't know what to do. You're going to ask a financial advisor, right? So our understanding of who God is and what he is capable of is important in our relationship with him, how we talk to him, how we approach him, what we ask him for, and and our knowledge of what he can do on our behalf and how much he loves us. All throughout the Bible, we see this beautiful redemption story. It's one long story stretched out through many books of this idea that God created us to have relationship with him and for him to have relationship with us. And then sin comes and brings a separation between us and God and God and us. And so God had already created this plan to send Jesus to earth to die on the cross for our sins. That gap can be closed. And so that we can have personal relationship with God. And Jesus on earth also gives the Father God this idea of what it's like to be human. So he understands us fully. And then Jesus goes up to be with the Father where he intercedes for us. He prays for us. And then when he leaves, he sends the Holy Spirit to be with us here on earth to be our helper. It's this continuous story of God chasing after us, of God making opportunities for us to have a relationship with him. 
We see the Trinity at work in this whole story. The three-in-one God, right? This used to keep me awake when I was little, (laughs) seriously, thinking about the Trinity. But how can there be three, but they're one? (laughs) But we see here the individual work of the three working together, all for the purpose of relationship with us. So who is the Trinity? Who is God? Who is this God with us? So the Bible is full, full from beginning to end of attributes listed of who God is, who he himself says that he is, who we proclaim that he is, what he does, and what we can learn about him by what he does. And so I'm just going to list some of these attributes, all right, because there's a lot of them. So we could be here a long time. (laughs) So I'm just going to list some of them. God is love. He is perfect in holiness, righteousness, and faithfulness. He is grace, mercy, compassion, and kindness. He is eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, present everywhere. And I want to pause there for a moment because this present everywhere is not that God is here, which he is, but that he is aware. He is interacting. He is speaking. He is fully present You know, there's so much in today's culture of be present in the moment, put your phone down, interact, have conversations. God is present in the moment with us. God is wisdom. He is the designer and the sustainer. He is glory and majesty. He's the eternal word, our advocate, our redeemer, and our savior. He's the inspirer, the teacher, our healer. He is the commander of heaven's armies. He is a miracle worker, and he is tireless. This is the God with us. This is who we talk to when we pray. So there's two more main aspects today that I want to talk about that are important in us understanding God in a way that matters, right? And the first one is that God hears our prayers. God listens to you. And some of the verses that cover this are Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13, John 9, 31. 1 John 5, 14 through 15, and 1 Peter 3, 12. God hears you. He listens and he pays attention. But the second one is, we can trust that God will never change. And this is really important because all around us, every day, we see change. We see change in our communities for good and for bad. We see change in people around us for good and sometimes bad. Have any of you had a coworker or a family member or someone where you kind of wonder which version of them is going to show up every time you see them? <laughs> God is not a human. God is not swayed by circumstances. God is not swayed by what we think of him, how we feel about other people, what's going on in the world. God never changes. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, 
The flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Malachi 3.6, for I, the Lord, do not change. There you go. (laughs) Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1.17, this is such a beautiful poetic verse. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation and no shadow due to change. God doesn't change. You can trust in him. You can trust in these attributes. You can trust that he loves you. You can trust that he has wisdom for the circumstances that you are facing. You can trust that he's your healer. You can trust that he is tireless on our behalf because God doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So how does this help me? Well, when I pray, I can think about these attributes which help my perspective and my response to his answers. So how does this work? It's great, you know, using the Lord's Prayer as a template for praying where the first part is talking about lifting up God, worshiping him. And this idea, part of it that's so good about it is not only are we worshiping him, but we are adjusting our perspective in the moment from our own internal monologue, our own emotions. And when we state who God is, it reminds us of who God is. So if I have these attributes and I can pray, God, you are love. You are love. God, you are so full of mercy and compassion. You are full of kindness. When I start to say these things, it starts to adjust my emotions from feeling overwhelmed and feeling like it's just me that needs to make things happen into an idea that it's God that makes things happen. This God that has these beautiful attributes and characteristics, who loves me, who cares for me, who wants relationship with me. This is who I am talking to. How is that going to affect what we ask of him, what we say to him. And it's also going to help us in our response to his answers, right? Because frankly, sometimes God's answer is not what I want to hear, right? But I know that God is trustworthy, that he has good things in store for me, that he is, loves me and he knows what's best for me. And so I can trust that answer even if I don't like it. <laughs> And know that it's going to be okay because of who I serve, because of who I have relationship, because of who who loves me. Then it makes it okay. It makes it good. And understanding who God is helps me pray in truth. You can use this as a tool, right? So... God, I feel this, but I know that you are this. So it can look like, God, I really feel alone right now. I feel so lonely. 
but you are always with me. You do not forsake me. God, I feel shame that I sinned again. But you are my Redeemer and my Savior, the one who forgives me, whose blood shed on the cross covers those sins. And you and I together, we can figure this out. Thank you that your love never fails. I read about, God, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I'm What I'm facing is really scary. I don't know what the result is going to be, but you tell me that you are close to me and that you are faithful. A faithful God working on my behalf, and so I choose to trust you. I choose to lean on you. I choose to let you be God and let the, the reality of that, the truth of that, chase away the anxiety that we're feeling. This can be such a good tool for us. Well, what do we do about this, right? Study and learn more about who God is. I told you when I listed the list of attributes and characteristics of God that there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. And it's so healthy for us to discover some of this on our own. Right, especially if you are being able to have a moment where you can study and you start out by saying, God, I want to know you. I want to understand you. I want to know who you are and what that means. So as I, as I study this, as I look these things up, will you reveal them to me? Not just the words on the paper, but how does that affect me? Why does that matter to me? Will you reveal who you are to me? Yeah, that's good. And God is going to be faithful to that prayer every time. Right. So let's study and learn who God is. Let it sink in. The other thing that we need to do is we need to share God with other people so that they can experience this reality. Yeah. So that they can know who God is. And why that matters to them. I already read earlier um, Matthew 28, 18, and 20, where Jesus says, Go and make disciples, and I will be with you. You don't have to be afraid when you talk to people about God, because Jesus says He's with us when we do this. That He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can always trust that. So how amazing is it to walk through this journey with someone and see the revelation of who God is? The layers get peeled back when they start to understand the forgiveness, the redemption of God. When they start to realize the love that God has for them. In that moment, who they are right then, sin, bad habits, bad emotions, whatever it is, God loves them right there. What a beautiful thing it is to see people experience that for the first time. Mm -hmm. So God asks us, invite others into this. Help others know who God is. Even if we can't see or feel sometimes that God is near, he is. We have so many promises that say that. He's working on our behalf. We can trust that he is doing that because he never changes. Everything around us changes, but not God. 
If you think about these attributes, we can realize that we seek the giver, not the gift, because the giver is the gift. All of these beautiful attributes are there for us, for our benefit, for our help. Jesus sadly and unfortunately promises in John 16, 33 that we will have many trials in this life. He wasn't kidding, was he? <laughs> but a personal relationship with God also does, doesn't put us in a bubble, and it doesn't put us in an acrylic bubble with our grandmother, right, that protects us from all the trials of life. I wish it did, but it doesn't. But what it does do is give us this relationship with God gives us access to these attributes of who he is. It gives us access to grace and peace in the middle of crazy. It gives us access to his wisdom and knowledge and understanding when we don't know what to do. It gives us his love for ourselves, but also for the people around us. All of that is available to us right now at any moment starting now and onwards. You can think about this, that for the rest of your life, you've got this. God's got you. Our God is sitting near us. He is sitting with us. He is in it with us. Right? Present. Aware. He's crying with us. He is interceding on our behalf. He is providing his grace to carry us through whatever circumstances and carrying us through to the ultimate end of healing in heaven someday, where all physical pain and disease, where all sin, where all sadness is removed forever. God is going to carry you through to that point. God is with me. God is with you. God is with us. With us is God. How blessed are we? Can you go ahead and start that? We're going to take a few minutes and Ben's going to put a song on. And I would like you to just... We're just going to take a couple minutes, listen to the words, and allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you. What attribute of him is he wanting to reveal to you today?